Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. In the news today, many states' welfare now pays better than the median income. And on this channel and on my whiteboard videos, you guys know that for a long time, I've kind of struggled to figure out how on earth all these restaurants are, are still full here. We've got the, the bullwhip effect. I get it. Unemployment rate is very low. Why is the labor force participation so low? There's a lot of variables that go into it, obviously. But I think that this is one of the variables that definitely explains why we could be seeing the labor force participation rate so low. Because if you incentivize people not to work, <laughs> should you be surprised <laughs> that they choose not to work? If they're able to make more than the median income just by sitting at home and, and doing nothing or working under the table and uh, you know making a lot more than most people. I mean, it's all about incentives, right? It's like Charlie Munger says, show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcomes. And I think people get lost in this debate because you got one side saying, oh, there's people that really, really need welfare. And then you've got the other side saying, oh, well, everyone on welfare is just scamming the system. And both are, are true at the same time, but it's just to what degree. I, I think if we could just come if both sides could say, yes, there are some people that, uh, I guess, deserve, for lack of a better term, welfare, and there's some people that don't, if both sides could agree on that and then just say, okay, now let's figure, now that we can agree on that, now let's come to a determination as to what the percentages are. Is there 90% that deserve it or 5%? See, And then we can start figuring things out, adjusting incentives, and then moving forward with the system it's by no means perfect, but it is the best when you consider the trade-offs that are involved. Let's go over to this story, though. And it is quite shocking that that there's places where, I mean, people are getting like $25,000 a year just in a, a home subsidy and whatnot. And it's just, wow. Title is How Expansive Welfare Benefits Can Make being on the dole more lucrative than working. So this is from the Daily Signal. Not sure what that is, but this guy, E.J. Antoni, is a uh, let's see, fellow for regional economics in the Center for Data Analysis at the Heritage Foundation. So, you know, they're going to uh, lean right for sure. So I think you kind of have to sift through the data and determine, you know, how are they coming to those numbers? I'm not disputing the numbers, but it, it's, it's not like these people... Like right here, they say that in New Jersey, for instance, the family of four with no working with no one working can receive un unemployment benefits equivalent to a job paying over ninety six thousand a year. Yeah, so I mean, why would you want to go back to work? Why wouldn't you just try to work the system to uh, to just stay on the dole as long as you could? And so, you know, a lot of times they make it seem as though these people are just getting a check annually for ninety six thousand. That's not how it works. But they're just they're adding up all of the benefits they receive, whether it's uh, Section Eight, whether it's food stamps, um, maybe health care. Uh, I, I hope that they kind of itemize how they go through it. I've seen that done a few times, but uh, let's keep reading. High unemployment benefits are not unique to the Garden State. In thirteen states, a family can receive annualized unemployment benefits worth more than the median household income. I just can't see how anyone that was being intellectually honest, even if they were in favor of welfare, could argue that that is justified. The value of the unemployment benefits comes not just from their sheer size, but tax advantages as well. Unlike earned income, unemployment benefits are exempt from all payroll taxes. Okay, well, yeah 
got to include that in there. And while the pandemic-related unemployment benefits have ended, the Affordable Care Act subsidies have just kept expanding. And by the way, it's it, yes, the affordable or the uh, unemployment benefits have ended, but let's not forget that the kids still don't have to pay off their student loans. Kids, adults uh, still don't have to pay their student loans. And I know many people still don't have to pay their mortgage. We thought that was something of the past, but it's not. Still happening as we speak. A program that was sold to American people as hand up as a hand up or maybe a hand out for the poor has quickly been transformed into a handout for upper income earners. I mean, this definitely explains a lot of what we're seeing, at least when I go back to the United States, a lot of what I see, and I just sit there and scratch my head and I'm like, where is all this aggregate demand coming from? And why are are the the uh, why is the labor force participation so low? And I mean, I get assets, totally get that. Uh, but bonds, I mean, your bond portfolio has been completely blown out. I guess housing is still high and stocks are still high compared to where they were in 2019. So that I think explains a lot of it as well. But I think this kind of maybe fills in the gaps. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. In fact, it is 32% more than wages and benefits. On Washington State, the amount is more than 122000 Jeez. Wow. In fact, it is 32% more than the wages and benefits of median households, 51% more than median secondary school teachers' wages and benefits, 95% more than median machinists' salary and benefits. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it begs the question why. And I, I get it. You, you can't be on this forever, but... I mean, man, I mean, how many people are working the system? And it's not just with unemployment as well. It's with uh, disability. I mean, I did a, a story a while back on what qualifies for being, quote unquote, disabled. <laughs> it's like uh, you can imagine. George is also. I mean, Josh, half the people your age consider themselves disabled in one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of someone that I know, he runs like a, a decent business, like a siding. Like, like he does like like roofing and siding or something. Yeah, I actually, I'm good friends with people who have that same business. Yeah, so, I mean, he makes good money doing that. But since 2021, his incomes has gone up by like almost 200%, but it's not because he's getting more work, but the government is just giving him like monthly checks. I, I know he just, he's getting like 200 grand a year right now. Why? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, uh, 
I don't know why he's getting them, but he's getting like $18,000 a month, just random checks from the government. I mean, is he claiming that he's disabled and then he's no. all of his work he's doing under the table or something? No, I mean, it just makes no sense. It's just like PPP loans. Like you can still get them if you just like apply. It can't be PPP. But it's some sort of randomized loans where I know he's getting them at least every other month for over like twenty to $50,000. It's just incredible. Well, where does he live? Uh, right near me. Oh, so the Boston area? Yeah. Well, Massachusetts, I mean, that's <laughs> that could yeah. have something to do with it. I mean, it's just so so I'm curious, what is his frame of mind? I mean, is he like, okay, this gravy train's going to run out, I should save all this, I want to invest this, or I want to buy out, go out and buy a Ferrari or I mean, what what is he? How is he thinking about it? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I it would, we do not have the relationship where I can ask him that kind of stuff. Because it's my girlfriend's dad, <laughs> but oh, uh, but I mean it's crazy. I I, <laughs> uh, I I would like to dig into it, but I'm not too sure why. Yeah, it's probably not appropriate to yeah. ask. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for that story. I mean, I guess anecdotally, uh, it definitely, um, I guess would make sense why. Again, it's incentives, right? It's all about incentives. And is he still working? Yeah, he he still works every day, but he's getting more money from the government. So he's just, that's just like gravy. It's yeah. like it's icing on the top of the cake. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Wow. I've, all right. So there, there you have it. Let's keep going here with the article. Uh, many economists have been scratching their head wondering why so many workers are sitting on the sidelines today. That's exactly what I'm saying with labor force participation. Despite four-decade high inflation and resulting record high number of unfilled job openings, the expansion of welfare benefits in terms of both eligibility and size of benefits has provided a substantial disincentive to work. Businesses must not only compete against one another for workers, but also basically compete with the government. Hmm. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Crazy stuff, guys. And I I think that's another reason that uh, inflation has a lot to do with government spending as a percentage of GDP. So just food for thought there. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. See you in the next video.